Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast is brought to you by a Yotes fan and a Jacks fan with a love-hate relationship for each other, but a pure love relationship for Summit League and mid-major basketball. This podcast is co-hosted by Jordan Decker, the Yotes fan, and co-hosted and produced by Madison Van Walligan, the Jacks fan. back to the I don't know what number episode of reaching a summit women's basketball podcast we kind of we'll fell off the 10. wagon a little bit yeah uh, I don't it might even be like eight or nine it I has been a minute it's been a minute um sorry about that we totally at the end of our twitter spaces a few weeks ago we're like yeah we're gonna recap the summits tournament and we'll preview the NCAA tournament I was busy planning a wedding sorry and um, I got so a new did- job and yeah, Jordan has a new job. My focus was completely on that. And so I we we both tried to keep track yeah. of the teams, but life happens and you know we'll be we'll be at it again next year. For sure. Um, so before actually before we get started tonight, we do have a bit of sad or good news, depending on how you look at it. It's sad news for us, but good news for Scott. Um, he has actually taken a position with Western Illinois. He wants you to know it's not in broadcasting. But uh, that position obviously is a conflict of interest, so it does not allow him to be here with us any longer. So we will miss him, but we are super excited for him. Um, you know, congrats, kind of this. yeah, congrats on a career move there for you. We'll miss you though. Um, other other career moves, we've seen a, a, a coach make a career move here. Uh, JC Hoyt has left Kansas City and is moving on to Oklahoma State. We have absolutely nothing but wonderful things to say about her. Uh, we are very grateful for her her service in the, the Summit League, even though it was short, and we just want to wish her well. So congratulations, Coach Hoyt, and we wish you nothing but the best uh, down in Pokeland, if you will. Class act. Class act. Did you see oh, that woman's orange blazer or the, her entire orange suit? Oh, my gosh. Literally, when it, when it came out. That she was, was orange. Like, it was like orange it was that and she slayed it she is a queen all right let's talk about why we're really doing an emergency podcast sdsu is in the is this the quarterfinal round this would be the quarterfinal round yes the quarterfinal round of the women's national invitational invitation yeah women's national invitational tournament thank you my bad i haven't really had that much to drink only half of one but you know might be kicking in already uh and usd is in the sweet 16 of the ncaa tournament so our south dakota teams are making some making some money moves here um so we decided we should probably talk about that especially since like we said we forgot to you know wrap up this season and all that good stuff we the NCAA tournament and all that stuff all that stuff we promised we're just going to do it a little late it's going to be a review and then a preview of like where we are now you know so Let's start with SDSU. I really don't have a lot to say uh, in the best way. They beat Ohio by 30, beat Minnesota by 21, and beat Drake by 18. So double-digit wins. Um, I didn't really see anything I didn't like, but I still think that they they have more ball to play and, and even better ball to play. You know, even in some of those games, there were still turnovers and a lot of things that maybe could have been better. So, I mean, like I said, I, I didn't see anything that I was like, oh God, this is ugly, but their, no. their best is still yet to come. So I'm, as an SDSU person, I'm super excited about that. 
Um, I feel like we can be biased now. The summer season's over, so there we were go. biased before. It's fine. I think, I think the, the that first half, even against Drake, like there was nothing bad. Drake was just playing, yeah, really good. They were just playing really good basketball, and then whatever Coach Johnston said in the locker room worked. Mm-hmm. Well, even in the in the post game interview, um, Tom Neiman said something about how well. SDSU handled Drake's pace of play and AJ was like eh, didn't really feel like we got there in the first quarter yet like we still <laughs> had to catch up but once they did once they did it, it was it was game over so yeah um and actually that leads me into what I was going to talk about some of you may know that I am down here I'm a closeted oh. Alabama fan because I work at Clemson but back up north a lot of you know that I am also an Alabama fan so I this actually is a fun preview for me I'm kind of excited um but speaking of pace of play, Alabama can play at that pace. I wouldn't say they do always, um, but sometimes they do. And how we saw Drake kind of, you know, getting hands in the face and hands on the ball. Alabama is really good at that. They do have a lot of quick hands um, and they're not afraid to manufacture turnovers. So that's something to think about. But yeah, they're led by coach Christy Curry in her ninth season. I believe at the start of this season, they had 133 wins under her. Um, one thing that I found notable, kind of a random stat, they have 47 combined free throw attempts in the WNIT before the Houston game last night. So they like to shoot free throws. They're good at shooting free throws. They're fourth in the SEC for free throw percentage at the end of the season. Um, and like I said, they have those scrappy quick hands and they're not afraid to manufacture turnovers or be aggressive and get themselves to the free throw line. Stick that in your pocket. Don't put it away for winter storage yet. Um, but also Houston was their first big win in the WNIT. They beat Tulane and Troy by a combined seven points. So they're not seven. They beat Tulane by, or Troy by three, I believe, and Tulane by four. So they're not necessarily dominating as SDSU is. They're not having a bunch of big double-digit wins. Houston was their only double-digit win and their first big one. Um, who to watch from Alabama first is a junior in Mississippi State transfer, Jemiah Mingo Young. This girl is all over the floor and actually combine her with Megan Abrams, who's a senior, who's also all over the floor. We are going to need eyes and bodies on both of them at the same time at all times. <laughs> there are no exceptions to that rule. They remind me a little bit of maybe a bigger and sometimes fat, well, maybe not faster than Mimi Alnatis, but um, the size-wise, like the combination of Brooklyn McDavid and Mimi Alnatis down at Kansas City, um, that's kind of what's going on, but SEC level. <laughs> so that's definitely something to think about. Um, another girl that sticks out to me is Hannah Barber. She has 94 assists on the year. That may not sound like a big number to you, but that would be seventh in assists in the Summit League. Um, and that is ahead of Maya Selland by four, by four assists. We talk about Maya a lot when we talk about SDSU and how she is be able to create opportunities for her team. Hannah Barber for Alabama is also that woman. Um, so where there are, my point is there's a lot of players that we're going to need eyes on and a little bit like SDSU, they are, I wouldn't say they're as balanced, but they definitely echo that balance. Unlike some other teams in the sub league. So keys for the Jackrabbits, I would say number one, be aggressive. That should be a key all the time, but that's not something that the Jacks tend to do all the time. It typically comes out when they play USD, uh, but not for the rest of the season. So I would say being aggressive is super important. Secondly, Jada Rice, who is a six foot four, I'm not sure what year she is. Sorry, sorry, Jada, um, at Alabama, getting her to overcommit. One thing I saw in the Houston game was when she had fouls, 
it's because she was going at it. She was, she was over committing. I don't, I don't have a better word for that. Um, but almost going a little bit too hard. So if we can get her to do that and get her in a little bit of foul trouble, that may be helpful. That being said, size wise, as far as the full roster goes, there's not a huge mismatch. Like I said, Jada race is six, four. I think the Jackrabbit's tallest girl is maybe six, two. Um, but other than that, we have a lot of five sevens. Bama has a lot of five eights and five nines. I think we have a couple five eights and five nines. And we have at least four girls who are six foot or six one or six two. So the size thing really should not be an issue outside of uh, Jada Rice. Um, next thing. Oh, yes. Like I said, Bama likes to manufacture turnovers. So limiting turnovers, Bama's opponents average 16.5 turnovers per game, 16 and a half per game. SDSU averages 13. So that's already less than what Bama's used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if we can kind of rein that in and not give them what they want, I think that would be helpful. The reason I say that is Bama also averages 18 points off of turnovers. So if they're forcing turnovers, they're going to score. They're going to use those turnovers to score. So if we can limit our turnovers even to nine, that's that cuts Bama's average turnover points in half. So I think that will be um, super important. And then lastly, finding ways to score. Um, in the last five and a half minutes of the game last night, Alabama held Houston to four points. Wait, what? In the last five and a half minutes of the game last night, or I guess this will come out on Saturday, so Thursday night, um, and the last five and a half minutes, Alabama held Houston to four points. Cheapers. Houston was at 60 point. They hit a three to get them up from 57 to 60, about five and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they only scored two more field goals after that. I bet the 740 people in the arena were just ecstatic. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? There was one foul call that was a little iffy. When you went back and watched it, it was clearly a foul, but at, in in real time, it was iffy, and it sounded like there were a lot more than 740 Bama fans there. So, they're Bama there fans. Were, they're really loud. They know how to be loud. They do, but but yeah, Alabama knows how to limit scoring. Um, so just that's that's kind of kind of what I think. I think the Jacks need to be aggressive. Maybe get Jada Rice in some foul trouble and really limit turnovers and find ways to score. If Jada Rice is down there, for me, it's like Hannah Shervin. The Jacks do well when they attack Hannah Shervin, and I think they need to do the same to Jada Rice. So that's what I think. That's what I got for you uh, as far as Alabama and SDSU. Yeah, I think it's at this time of year too, and, and no matter what tournament you're playing, if you take care of the ball, you'll be fine. If you don't, you're going to be in a dogfight, <laughs> even as the as a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think and people that have watched state the last few games, I mean, they play their game. They're going to be fine. I think, uh, cause everyone cares this time here cause they're brackets, but like, you know, looking ahead, putting the cart before the horse here. Um, I've said this recently. I think that as far as home court advantage, I would keep an eye on the Oregon state game cause they've hosted. I, I, when I looked earlier today, I, I thought this is what it said, but I think they've hosted as well every game and they're drawing pretty good crowds. Um, so that would be the, after that, I mean, it's the other side of the bracket has alternated home sites. The attendance hasn't, it's been okay, but not like what you'll probably see on Sunday up in Brookings. So that's, right. that's well, where the bidding kind of gets interesting, I guess. 
Yeah. One other thing to point out, I know a lot of people on Twitter kind of being like, oh, can Alabama handle the big crowd? Yes, they can. They're in the freaking SEC. Like they can handle a big crowd. Can they handle the Jackrabbit crowd? I don't know. We tend to rouse some people up. But in terms of just, you know, 3,000 people, they've played in, in front of plenty more than that. So I wouldn't get yourselves too excited about, oh, they only had 740 people. Well, that's because people don't support women's basketball across the country like they do here, or I guess in South Dakota. But yeah. I wouldn't get too riled up about that. But that doesn't mean don't show up and be loud. Please do. Yeah. So I can maybe, live by Maybe, maybe back off, you know, complaining about every travel call just a little hey. bit. We, no, 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 no. We did not come on here to talk about that. And I'm sorry, if they don't let them travel, we won't complain about it. That's I have a literally said for the whole different season. episode that no, I want consistency. All I want is consistency. If you want to be crappy, be crappy, but be crappy on both ends of the court in the first two minutes and the final two minutes. I literally don't care how you call the game as long as you call it the same way the whole time. That's all. And rant. All right, let's talk about the Yotes. The Yotes. Okay, yeah, Michigan. When are you putting this out, Friday or Saturday? Are you putting it out tonight or tomorrow morning? I'll put it out tomorrow morning. Okay. Um, all right, so the Yotes then later this evening going up against Ishigan. And I need to pause because I need to change movies for the little guy. Okay. There we go. You were just going to edit this whole, like, last... I don't know if I can. I was just thinking about, like, can I edit? That's fine. It's going to sound dumb if I'm like, let's talk about the Yotes. That's fine. We can keep this going. I had to switch it to Monsters University before a massive temper tantrum ensued. That's such a good movie. Um, It is. It is. Okay. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Michigan. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, USD versus Michigan. Um, Later this afternoon, early this evening. This is kind of interesting. They're the last game of the day. Um, I think the first game starts at 10.30 in the morning on ESPN. And they just kind of do that every two, two and a half hour, alternate between the two networks. Um, so the eyes of women's basketball will be in Wichita, on Wichita at 5.30. It's kind of cool. Um, I'm sure that they've been told that, or if they haven't, I don't know how that works with players, how much they actually want them to know with that stuff. But um, yeah, so I wrote an article kind of previewing the game. And as everyone knows, I can get a little wordy. So I I nailed it down to three different um, things that I thought uh, that if they happen, USD should win. Um, So I'll just, I'll run those through quick. Check out the article. We tweeted it out um, on Friday. I'll retweet it again um but the first battle is with Nas Hillman and Hannah Shervin right this is Hannah's done phenomenal work on defense the last two games going up against Baylor and Old Miss's best player arguably their best players I mean both of them are top five projected draft picks right in the WNBA um so her defense has been great she's got another battle Nas isn't as tall but she can score. And I mentioned this in the article too. She is the only player in Michigan history. This is cool. Men or woman, man or woman, to have 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds in a career. She's the only one. Um, she has scored in double figures in all but one game this year. And she is one of only eight players in the NCAA Division I level with at least 50 double-doubles in her career. 
She can score. She can rebound. I haven't watched enough Michigan games to know if that's just because the guards don't rebound that well. Um, you know, I'm kind of looking at it outside of two players. Everyone else is below four rebounds a game. So maybe I just answered my own question. Nobody else rebounds. Um, so, you know, the defense for USD has obviously been for the Summit League historically good, but um, they're top 10 still in the nation. Um, and I think that Hannah and the USD defense continues to keep it rolling. Um, I really do. We'll get into some more. Um, some more things here in just a second, but <clears throat> one thing to note on Hillman, she actually leads the team in turnovers. She's got 97 turnovers on the year. That's over three a game. And I, if you've watched the UST the last two games, they've done a great job when the post player gets the ball of double teaming and forcing turnovers on the kickouts or having active hands and getting, good, uh, getting a hand on the ball um, to either force a jump ball or to knock it away. So I think Hannah continues to do a good job. That's the thing. She hasn't showed any signs of slowing down, right? I mean, this is, that's part of the, the magic of being a Cinderella team too, um, is having players like Hannah and obviously Chloe and Liv and others that contribute. But if she slows down, then yeah, it's going to be trouble. Um, but I think she does a good job on Nas. And I think that because of that, Michigan will kick it out a bunch to shoot. Um, as far as Michigan in the post, and you kind of alluded to this too, SDSU did a really good job of when you attack Hannah and get her into foul trouble early, you, you, it's a good strategy. That's what I'll say. It's a good strategy. So, and if they do that, maybe, you know, Kaya Watson can step up. I don't know. We'll find out. All right. Second point, USD guards versus Michigan guards. USD, it was actually um, the bigger guard group against Baylor, believe it or not. They, uh, they were taller, they were longer um, than Baylor's guards. That's not the case this time. The top three guards for Michigan, they are 5'11", 6'1", and 6'1", and they've got long wingspans. I don't know what they are. Didn't look that up, but they're long. Um, I think the length will against USD make a difference on the rebounding. I know I just said they don't rebound that well, or it looks like it don't, they don't rebound that well for the guards, but I think it will make a difference. Um, Michigan out rebounds everyone by over 10 rebounds a game. So, um, so they have a guard, a six, one guard, Leah Brown. She is actually my player to watch for Michigan in this game. She's really good at scoring inside the arc. Um, she's averaging over 15 points per game in the tournament, actually had 20 against Villanova um, in the round of 32. So USD, you gotta have active hands, hands in the air, you know, when you're on help defense, active hands, steal those passes. They, they like to do skip passes too, uh, like everyone does. But I, I, I remember that from their last game. Um, and the last one is turnovers. We talked about it. You take care of the ball, you're gonna be in really good position to either compete or to be in a position to win the game. Um, I think what worked against Baylor was the pressure that USD uh, put on the post and put out on the wings, forcing them to take tough shots. Um, but Michigan will be ready, right? You've got two games now of film to see, and they'll be ready to rotate. They'll be ready to, uh, for kickouts and jumpers. And uh, I think for both USD and 
for both USD and Michigan, I think you'll see adjustments and some really cool backdoor baseline cuts when these rotations do, because they're prepping for that, right? They're prepping for when these double teams come in or when a guard drops down to double team, they're telling those players on the top, all right, when USD does this, or when Michigan does this, expect that, that baseline's gonna be open or that backside's gonna be open to cut. So look for that early on too. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I think Michigan's length of the guard position will be an advantage over USD. Uh, so going into my prediction, I don't know, do you want me to do a prediction here? I don't, you didn't do one for state? Yeah, go ahead. I didn't really, I, I don't, it's hard for me because it's, I have loyalties to both. Obviously my, sure. my biggest and deepest loyalty is, is with the Jacks, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, and I'm not saying if they reach these numbers, the outcome's going to be that, but if USD can keep Nas Hillman from getting a double-double, which means she'll she'll score I think over ten. But it's if she can if they can do a good job of controlling her on the boards, and if they can contain Leah Brown and force her to take tough jump shots or tough baskets at the rim, um, on top of taking care of the ball, that's the recipe for success for USD to win, in my opinion. Um, the defense has been dynamite. I know I didn't talk a lot even in the article. I didn't talk a lot about USD's offense. They've been really efficient even going into the Summit League tournament. They've been really efficient. Everyone kind of knows the game plan of how they're to be successful, right? Liv, Chloe, Hannah. And then additional parts like Grace, Kaya, um, and Maddie Kroll, right? And then there's others, obviously, that come off the bench. Um, but so that's why I don't talk about the USD offense a lot. It's all about defense this game and controlling Michigan's um, – top two players there so anyways um i think that if usd does those three things and i believe that they will i've got them beating michigan 59 57 and i think it's like one of those six seven point games but michigan keeps like you know hitting those threes at the end and then fouling and usd hits one of two and yeah that sort of so yeah. um one stat i looked up it's at the end of the article uh, USD is actually two and five since 2009 in the state of Kansas. And they've won two in a row. So I guess there's bad news and good news there. <laughs> Playing Wichita State has been kind to them. So anyways, long-winded. I'm sorry. Go read the article. It's even longer. No, that's longer. what we're here for. Um, go read the article. It's even longer. But I, I liked USD against Ole Miss on paper and digging in. I like them against Michigan on paper. And kind of looking into it too. Um, if Michigan didn't turn it over as much, I think I'd be different about that. But UST has been really good on forcing turnovers, and Michigan turns it over a lot. I think they have relatively the same tempo. Yeah. Master Meadows. Um, Meadows, yeah. Um, so as far as I guess I didn't really talk about leading scores for Bama. So in the in the game against Houston. Megan Abrams, who I mentioned, uh, dropped 18 points. Brittany Davis, who I did not talk about, also dropped 18 points. And then Jemiah Mango Young, who I did talk about, um, had 17. So there's definitely, definitely a threat there. Um, and like I said, the, the, the duo of Megan Abrams and Jemiah Mango Young, that's, I don't math, what is that, 35 points just between the two of them um, out of a 79-point scoring effort. So that's quite a bit 
it's it's I'm not gonna I don't do percentages yep. but it's quite a bit um so definitely something to to look out for if we can limit them and I don't know how SDSU is going to do it particularly defensively I didn't really talk about that either that's why I didn't talk about it because I, I I don't want to say I don't know anything about it but I it's certainly not my my area of expertise here um but I do think that getting them this is a volleyball term but out of system getting them out of system or getting them disorganized. I did notice in the Houston game that when Bama got disorganized, that's when Houston crept back up. I mean, I think they had an 18 point lead at, at one point and it dropped down to like eight or nine. Um, so, and then it went back up. So I do think that getting them disorganized and a bit out of system is a good thing. Um, trustees, you can do that. Then I think that's defensively, then I think that's, um, that would be good for them. But mm-hmm. as far as predictions, <laughs> I don't know. Bama scores a lot. They do. I mean, you can see it in this, in this score. Um, and even though their last, their two games before Houston were close, I think it was, I think the Troy game was 82 to 79 and the Tulane game was 81 to 77. So they do like to get their point totals up there. Um, but as you've seen with SDSU, they score a lot too. So it's really just going to depend. This could be really high scoring. I, I honestly, I would not be surprised if it was really high scoring with Maybe not poor defense, but not extremely efficient defense. I picture this, Madison, as like one of those games where, yeah, it's – and we've seen this with State and their strong non-conference schedule and how they've been able to keep up against opponents like this too. Is It's very run and gun, right? So you get a board yeah. and you're like one or two passes and you're shooting a wing three. Well, and that's, yeah, the way that they had to play against Drake, honestly, like when you brought that up with the pace yeah. of play, um, it's – yeah, I think they're going to have to do that out of the gate in order to just establish themselves and show Bama that they're for real. Yeah. Um, do you have a score prediction? <laughs> yeah. Um, how many points did SCSU score the other night? Was it like 80, 84 to 66, I think it was? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say SDSU 78-72. I like that. I like that. I just pulled it, pulled it out of thin air. I pulled it out of the Dos Equis bottle. Um, yeah, let's go with that. 78, 72. All right. Um, if you don't mind, I have the stat sheet. I was actually going to mention this in part of it and I completely, okay. um, so I'm not really counting the Michigan game against American. No offense to the American. The box score looks about what you'd think it'd be. Michigan won by 35 points. Um, okay, so the, the Villanova box score, though, this is this is what I'm talking about, though. Nas Hillman had 27, 11, and five steals. But she led the team with four turnovers. Um, Leah Brown had 20 and five. And she had a couple steals as well, dished out a few assists. So Michigan uh, on the season, their assist to field goal is about 50%. So it's pretty good, I think. So again, I think you control those two players um, as best as you can, and you've got a fighting chance. But yeah, the Michigan's a great basketball team, and they've got some. It's a tall team, so we'll just have to see how USD responds to the length of of the Wolverines. Anything else you got? Any any random? stuff league stuff anything no my son and i are gonna head down uh well by the time this published we left at eight o'clock saturday morning um and uh we'll head down there we've got our tickets we're in the 
I think we're in the nosebleeds, but it's fine. We'll be there and along with 2,500 other Coyote fans. So well, I not, can't say I'm rooting for you, but that's okay. You know, every it's good for the league. See, but up to this point, I was like, it's good for the league. It's good for the league. But SDSU got to the Sweet 16, did not make it past the Sweet 16. So I can't say that I don't hope the same <laughs> for the Yotes, but I hope it's a game. I hope that, you know, they continue to show what the Summit League is about. Yeah, listen. It, okay, I do have a little rant. Okay. Go for and it. It's obviously not personal to anyone. Um, sorry, both my boys are on the brink of crying, throwing a temper tantrum, so I'll wrap this up. The WNIT tournament is not a JV tournament. <laughs> I not, agree. It is not a JV tournament. There are quality teams in there. If they could expand the tournament, whatever, those teams would be. It's a, especially when you get to the round of 16, right? There's quality opponents. There's quality basketball. Um, and to say that it is, even if your team is in it, you're insulting your own program. I didn't like it when people did that when USD was in it. And I'm not seeing it as much because I think once USD won it, people were like, oh, maybe it isn't a whatever. But some people are still like, you know, even though SDSU is in it, it's still the JV tournament. It's not. It's still a national postseason tournament. It's not the big dance. Um, I don't know. That's I could go on. It's it's a great tournament for programs like South Dakota State that got robbed of being in the NCAA tournament. And it's like a redemption tour or avenging tour, whatever. Yeah. They're crushing opponents. Just like USD, they didn't really crush opponents, that, except for Oregon. I'm talking, they could have beat UConn that day when they shot the, how they shot against Oregon. They could have beat UConn. I'll say it. Um, but yeah, you know, as a Yote fan and alum, like I'm rooting for, go win the whole damn thing. Prove, we know that you should have been in the tournament, but you gotta go prove all these other national people, like, mm-hmm. Remember us? We went to the Sweet 16 a couple years ago. You left us out, and now we destroyed everybody in the WNIT. And it's, you know, I I agree. And I I understand the sentiment of being like, oh, it's a JV tournament. You're pissed. I get it. I'm freaking pissed, too. But you have to understand that the way, and I'm not saying that the analytics are correct or that this is the way it should be or that Charlie Cream is Jesus. I'm not saying that. But the way that it is, if you want to be all it is what it is, the way that it is, is that SDSU needed to win more games. And the way that it is, is messed up. I still complain. I just complained to my buddy in the Summit League office last night about how it was complete BS that SDSU beat UCLA when they were a top 20 team. But that doesn't matter because at the end of the season, UCLA is not a top 20 team. It's a joke. I agree. Unfortunately, that's the way that it is. So do not, like, if you're going to be friends with me, don't be friends with me. I don't care. Do not diss your own team for being in the WNIT. Do not. I don't want to hear it. Get off my Twitter feed. Like, unfollow. You're getting more basketball. Literally, you're getting more basketball. You're packing, well, maybe not packing because those side bleachers aren't full, but honestly, who wants to sit on those anyway? You're packing 3,000 fans into Frost, and you have a problem with that? Is this the last year of Frost before the renovations kick in? Is this yeah. kind of like the, the last run that USD I had in the so. I don't know if they ever like officially got approved like by everyone. I'm really not sure. But that, I think that's the plan. Yes. Is that like, I never I, I think that's a it's a cool similarity. Like if it is the last full like uh, year that frost is as it is, right? Because it's mm-hmm. gonna be a year and a half, two year construction. 
Um, that's pretty cool. And, you know, I, I've always said this too, like, I never root, like, especially in the postseason, but I won't, it's not about the student athletes if we root against a rival because they're college kids. Right. I, when they enter the transfer portal, go ahead. Like, if you want to go to SDSU, if you want to go to some school, D2 school in Florida, like, good luck, man. If that's what your academics are taking you and you want to keep playing basketball and it gives you a better chance, go ahead. Good luck to you. We'll still keep tabs on you. And like, they're just college kids, but it's just, it's the fans, right? We, we create this uh, mm -hmm. rivalry and it's this time of year with both teams being as successful as they are. It's good to see. And I mean, every interview you see for USD, they're always bringing up, how do you feel about Jack's fans rooting for you? And I know they're trying not to roll their eyes, but it's like, <laughs> it's nice. You know, we're all one state, but I feel like as a player, you might not be thinking that, or you might, mm -hmm. you might say that, but you're not thinking that, you know? Well, and honestly, why even ask the question? Read the room. Well, like I can tell you which uh, outlet always asks that question, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, I actually do have one more rant for anyone who's literally still listening and hasn't pressed the pause button yet. Stop being mean to transfer players. Knock it off. Like you're a grown ass adult. Don't hate on a kid. Like Jordan just said, don't hate on a kid, not a kid, but don't hate on an 18 year old or a 19 year old or a 20 year old for literally going to another school to better their career, not your athletic career, their athletic career, their academic career. Like literally just keep your comments to yourself or I will report you on Twitter and rant. Yes, yeah, careful what you say on Twitter. I got uh, suspended for 12 hours because I told Dave Portnoy to go sit on a cactus. Um, <laughs> that was pretty funny. I'm not kidding. I, uh, it's fine. He had, said some, he had said some things about Coach K that we're almost on the level of Barstool, Ohio State, talking about Sister Jean, um, but we won't go there. Uh, but yeah, anyways, just they're kids. They're is that like Eagles fans throwing um, full beer cans at Vikings fans and screaming expletive Millie? Because that's rude. My son has now fed half of the cereal box of Lucky Charms to our dogs, so that's. <laughs> Are, are they still on the floor? Is his tongue still blue? No, he's not getting any more. Yes, um, his tongue is blue, and I'm pretty sure the dog's is too. So hey, that's buddy, a... who are you going to see tomorrow? Yeah, Grayson, come here. Who are we going to go watch tomorrow? Um, no. <laughs> you told me earlier. Who Wait, are you going to go watch? What team are we going to go watch tomorrow? No, what? are we going to go see Kylie? Who are we going to go see tomorrow? Okay, we're going to go see Duke tomorrow, I guess. We're going to fly <laughs> right to San Francisco. Hey, buddy. He was so excited about it earlier. No, it was like, we're going to see the Coyotes. Hey, USD. Okay, he's still feeding the dog Lucky Charms, so sorry. I think folks. I heard him say Jackrabbits, so. That's... I mean, if he wants to go for ag or engineering, again, that's a good school to go to, so. <laughs> Your comments about the med school in the group chat literally had me rolling. So we've decided in the group chat that the Summit League should recruit girlfriends, by the way. Seriously. Um, they should Sorry. recruit girlfriends. <laughs> anyway.
All right. Let's wrap it up before I get any more delusions. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. It's uh, we'll figure something out over the summer. Um, oh, know. we'll be back. At least one of these yeah. teams is going to get a win. We'll be back. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> just done. You, hey, let's just, yeah. Again, roles were switched. I would still be excited. USD is two wins away from being at a final four, four hours away from their campus. Mm-hmm. Four and a half. Like that's exciting. So I'm not going to root against anyone in the game before, but I would love it if Tennessee somehow beat Louisville tomorrow afternoon. You're saying it wrong. It's Louisville. Oh, oh well. <laughs> Got some phlegm. The one, the one thing I've learned since I moved down here is Louisville, Greenville, Nashville, Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> I see. what does that even sound like it sounds like a like a like a, a handful of gravel in your throat or something seriously and if i, I see one more video i hope and i'm obviously i'm a duke fan if those that you that don't know me i'm a pretty big duke fan to have been since the year 2000 which some of you probably weren't even born then um which is fine but i like the matchup against arkansas if i see one more Woo-ha, pig sour, whatever the heck that is. Video. What? That has to be the worst chant in all of sports. Love you, John Daly, but that has to be the like it makes roll tide is better than that. Hey, watch it. Okay, I would like that more if they didn't say it every five seconds, though. It's do you do you just think that USD fans are like not equally and I mean we're all annoying SCSU fans are annoying too but like everybody's annoying you know I think we're annoying to uh, people trying to media I mean when I was in college I used to be like that but then I wised up and I was like oh these are actually people they're trying their best and they're not out to get you (laughs) yeah they're just doing it they don't have a hatred well most of them um do you want to know what's annoying when Florida State came to Clemson for football this past fall, the only thing that band played was the chop, which first of all, I don't like anyway. But secondly, secondly, literally that's the only thing. Like it was that and then like shut up and dance or can't stop the feeling or something, which are both good songs. But like if you hear them, it's it's literally like John Mulaney's like bit when he's talking about playing um, Tom Jones, It's Not Unusual. 20 times in the salt and pepper diner in Chicago and then inserting at like number seven or eight or sorry excuse me playing what's new pussycat 20 times and then inserting at number seven or eight one it's not unusual like that's literally what it felt listening to the FSU band play the chop that many times so that's annoying I love John Mulaney and the way he presents his jokes he's so funny Taylor Tomlinson has a new special and she's hysterical Probably not for you, more so for women, but you know, it is what it is. Okay, I really need to go because I want to watch basketball. So good luck to um, South Dakota State. Good luck to uh, USC. We, we hope we're be, back next week talking we'll about final fours for both teams. Yeah, let's speak it into existence. There we go. All right, see you guys later. Adios. Sayonara. Ciao. <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen. Is that hello or goodbye? Isn't it both? I think it's both. Auf Wiedersehen.
in that song is that a sony music song so long farewell i'll do this yeah yeah so long farewell i'll be just saying goodbye